0: Welcome to the Smart Industry Podcast, Remaking Industry, where we dive deep into the tools, techniques, and technologies that are accelerating digital transformation. All right, excellent. Thank you for joining us today. We have uh, ServiceNow's AVP and GM, Ashut Jaju, joining us. We're going to talk about um, generating wins with digital workflows. Uh, in our Q1 2021 issue of Smart Industry Magazine, um, we, we quote Ashut um, with the following. He says, creating the digital workflow structure drives proactive improvements instead of reactive ones, and that leads to improved experiences. Um, we found that very intriguing, so we wanted to sit down, dive a little bit deeper um, today. So that's what we're doing. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Ashut.
1: Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me. Uh, my favorite topic, manufacturing industry and digitizing the workflows, and more importantly, the enterprise, uh, the manufacturing enterprise.
0: Glad to be here. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. We're going to get to uh, ServiceNow and your role in a little bit. I want to start with a really broad question first, just in case any of our listeners are wondering, what exactly is a digital workflow? So I'm going to pose that, that million-dollar question to you. What is a digital workflow?
1: I think it's pretty simple. If you if you really think about this, uh, in the past, uh, it's not as, work, as if workflows have not existed. I think workflows have existed within what I would call the functional silos of an organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, what digital has really done is uh, it's upended that functional thought process. And it's really kind of uh, the vertical integration of workflow that goes across departments or cross functions in an enterprise and what that's that's what digital has done so essentially digital workflows in our mind is how do we really get your work from not only within your department but across departments flow in the right way Mm -hmm. so the right person does the right job with the right set of information in front of them enabled by uh, what they need to do how they need to perform that work but then also based on uh, some action oriented intelligence, uh, kind of a fancy way to say, embedding artificial intelligence into that, uh, that process so that you can really uh, kind of augment that intelligence and drive uh, a more, more of a better workflow process.
0: Excellent, makes sense. I, I have to imagine maybe some people in our audience are are using elements of a digital workflow without even really being cognizant of the fact that they 're participating within a digital workflow or they're using uh, disparate components of that or something like that as opposed to thinking in that terms of that broader strategy um, uh, let's back up a little bit Tell me uh, who what is ServiceNow and talk to me about your role within ServiceNow
1: sure so I think most of the, most of the people in the audience must know ServiceNow as this platform that kind of started almost fifteen years ago in the in the in the realm of digitizing workflow processes around it or it or operations of a an enterprise and that's how we we started our our journey as a company but over a period of last uh, ten, like 10 15 years we have really kind of uh, developed a very strong platform which essentially uh, can now help enterprises not only automate their workflows in it organization but across their HR departments across their customer service departments. And then more and more, you're seeing our customers use the same platform, as we call it, the ServiceNow platform, uh, to automate other processes, whether it's your shared service organization or your, uh, your operational workflows within the manufacturing plants or orchestrating uh, your collaboration with your supplier ecosystem. So we have, we have kind of grown into this, digital workflow platform over the last uh, uh, four or five years. And that's what is exciting about what ServiceNow is bringing to the marketplace. Yes. Specifically, my role, Chris, is yeah. uh, to really take this platform and do two things with it. One is bring new products uh, that really talk about the processes or are actually are designed for the processes of the manufacturing organization industry. And then the second is uh, build together with our vast ecosystem of partners' uh, capabilities on this platform that, that will really drive that digital innovation, digital workflow innovation into the manufacturing industry. So that's kind of what my me and my team do here at ServiceNow. Okay. We really focus on the manufacturing industry and, and, and think day in, day out about the manufacturing industry and how we can leverage this platform to build products and solutions for them.
0: Excellent. Um, in your description of uh, what is a digital workflow, we touched on boosting visibility within an enterprise and this improving, um, you know, visibility as a true revenue generator. How does that work? How does digital, how does a digital workflow uh, enhance visibility within an enterprise?
1: Yeah, so let, let's just, uh, I I'd like to talk about this from the perspective of a customer example. Yeah. Right. So I, I think that's the best way to kind of bring this to light. So you know, people have talked about kind of connected equipment, right? Uh, Like IOT equipment is getting connected. The sensors are telling us, uh, you know, what's going on with the health of the machine. And then based on that, we can decide what type of service to be performed or not. And and all this good stuff, right? Like people have talked about this for a long period of time, right? But really, really, let's really step back, right? Like, and think about where the, manufacturing enterprises. So one of our very, very big, large customers essentially sells digital presses. These are digital presses basically which print um, uh, labels and other uh, uh, kind of uh, things in, uh, in within a factory floor. Mm-hmm. So for their customers, uh, it could be factory floor or a distribution center, wherever, right? For their customers, these, if this equipment has any problems, if it's not performing up to the level uh, that it needs to be performing, for their customers, it's a productivity brain, right? So this is not like the printer that you and I h- use at home, wherein if it goes down, we can go in like you know refill the the the, the printer ink, or we can go in and like you know call a, uh, a repair person, or we may go and buy another hundred and fifty bucks uh, worth of printer, right? Like this is these are like million doll- millions of dollars worth of machines, and more than more importantly, these are these are things that actually. Kind of affect the outcome or the revenue of the end customer. Sure. So this customer uh, basically was shifting from just selling the product and then reactively servicing those products. And what I mean by reactively servicing those products is when the stuff happened, when when something broke, they picked up the phone, called the called their service professional, sure. and said, "Hey, this thing broke." And then these service people used to show up and they used to fix the problem, leading to essentially. Kind of what I call the traditional break-fix scenario, right? right. Over a right. period of time, Chris, this customer said, "This is this is." They were doing this with, not when the call came in, and after that, when people picked it up, and when they could send people back to fix this or do whatever, they used to use 30 different applications in their environment because the work was not going across the department, the functional silos within their service organizations. I'm not even talking about outside of service. So within service, customer support, field service, parts logistics, there are so many different silos and every one of them was using a different application. Fast forward now, what they've done is, they have really brought in one kind of digital workflow platform, which is service now in this case, wherein the customer, instead of picking up the phone and calling, can actually first self-serve themselves and see, if they have, based on the problem that they're seeing, are there any knowledge articles or solutions that that are available for me to go, me as a customer to go and fix it quickly, right? right? Right. Uh, Right, or the second is, if I cannot find a solution, I can raise it directly before, instead of calling someone. When they raise the issue or the case or ticket, it automatically flows to the right person within this customer's organization. And because... They have the history of the asset, what was done before with this customer, all the problems that they had seen before. Now the data is being leveraged and some sort of like the the machine kind of learning and AI behind that is essentially telling that support personnel, look, these are the possible solutions that you should be trying out with this customer. So now what you're doing is remotely trying to support the customer. If that doesn't work, then you send the field technician now, obviously, you want to send the field technician with all of this triage that you've already done together with the customer with the right set of information so that when they get there, they do the job right the first time quickly and really get the machine up and running or right. do whatever they need to do and get out of there, right? Because this person's presence there, the longer they are there, that means there's bigger problems, right? Like so, And then if there are bigger problems, have access to, in the back office or in the tech support level three, access to the right people. So over a period of time, what they've done is they've streamlined across all of these, got all of them onto the same platform and orchestrated work across all of these silos. Now, what is the the business outcome of this? Well, number one, the customer gets better experience because sometimes, most of the times, they can self-service themselves. The second is when they call, someone on the other side actually knows about their problem and actually is smarter about their problem and is helping them out. So the experience is great. Third is when the technician comes in, they're fixing the problem right the first time and moving on, right? What does this create? This creates tremendous amount of loyalty, right? The customer remembers that these guys actually had my back when I needed them. Yeah. So as the company pivoted from selling these products to actually selling IoT-enabled presses, so now they were able to go in and say, Mr. Customer, don't just buy the press from us. We will actually maintain and run the press for you so they created a completely new revenue stream which was a recurring revenue stream for them and because now they can connect to through those iot devices back to the same workflow processes they were extremely confident as a an organization that they can actually make it a profitable business so they took a support and service business which was typically thought of as a cost center and turned that into a revenue generating business sure.
0: yeah yeah and it, it benefits the the uh, solution provider and the customer it's a win win
1: exactly because the customer at the end of the day what do they care about they care about how much label am i printing they don't really care about anything
0: else right of course
1: so so for them and and they this customer basically tied their uh, their value proposition or their uh, their their uh, the maintenance and all these other contracts directly to the outcome of the customer, which is how many more labels you would print if we did this correctly for you. Yeah. How much more productivity would you get out of us?
0: So that's an individual, that's one use case there. How common is this problem across industry, let's say, and I'm asking you to, to answer a pretty broad question, but is this level of redundancy and, and wasted work and wasted time, is this uh, an epidemic across industrial manufacturing currently?
1: this is believe it or not
0: uh, no matter where we go
1: we see this problem right yeah. uh, so and, and and i'm not saying that they, if the problem can manifest in many different ways the problem could start with um with like across the board like the way i explained this but in certain cases we have also seen have, uh, certain customers have optimized one sub- function within that organization but the other functions have not been so sure. what we have seen is like still optimization in pieces but not across the board Uh, and and I I think this is a very very big problem the opportunity of of really kind of uh, driving this type of an orchestration from the customer back into your design engineering and all of these teams is the is the next holy grail in my mind of how large industrial manufacturing companies can really transform themselves
0: yeah Um, Let me play devil's advocate here. Sometimes people reactively think, you know, there's all this connectivity within uh, an enterprise or or connecting to the customer, connecting Mm -hmm. assets to these things. Are there security concerns? Talk to me about cybersecurity with this level of interconnectivity.
1: Well, there's always security concerns, right? Like uh, I, 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 I want, it's, it's not a joke, but it's it's kind of like, it's kind of there, like uh, even our government has not been able to, you know, se- securitize us, uh, so keep keep our information secure, right? Like yeah, we, right. we hear about security incidents all, all the time. So in, in some ways, security is paramount. It is one of the biggest things that customers think about. Uh, and And then more and more, the world is getting connected. Uh, security is going to become important, right? So how do you really do this in a way where the workflows are secure, customer information is secure, asset information is secure, is is going to be key. there is Security is like, uh, I think security is stable stakes, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's not going to fly if things aren't secure and if the customer isn't very confident in the fact that engaging in this manner is going to securely, you know,
1: I, I think Chris, I, I want to pick pick up on that thread, right? Because I think you touched upon this. Like on the customer side, people kind of start to understand, okay, this chiller or this equipment that is on the on the rooftop of a hospital or on yeah. the rooftop of a uh, hotel, uh, it can get connected and all of that stuff. Let, let's just like let's pivot the conversation to inside the company's factory operations, right? So if you really think about the inside the company factory operations, these machines and equipment that are there have been in place for decades.
0: Sure.
1: Right. And these machines and all of that now there is a lot of talk around 5G and interconnectivity and all these other things. And and you go talk to a plant manager, for them this is like scary. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. because they 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 were isolated in an island where 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 they were just like not connected to the internet, not connected to anything, right? That's the world that they were in. Yeah. The push is towards connectivity. So for them, it's theory. Having said that, they're also seeing because most of these cyber criminals know or hackers know that these operations are not very well connected. They're attacking these 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 uh, SCADA HMI systems and all these industrial control systems, which which are which have like these OT systems, which are which are not secure, yeah. and and they're using that as a way to kind of really run like ransomware kind of activities, right? So. I think this this thing is in my mind coming to a head, right? This this is not uh, this is not uh, child play anymore. This is serious sh- stuff that is going <laughs> on, and uh, and and I think uh, I think there is great realization in the manufacturing uh, enterprise that they need to start thinking about se- securing their operations and these specifically the OT side of their operations, uh, uh, which was kind of like which wasn't. Uh, Where a lot of the thought was put in in the past, but with Industry 4.0, Industrial Internet, 5G connectivity coming into force, there's a lot more thought being given to how do they really put security around all of the OT infrastructure that they have.
0: Yeah, you know, on on that front there, talk to me. um, You know, we we were just talking about the OT side of things, and, and obviously this has a ton of play with the IT side of the house. How does that IT OT convergence that is at the core of all this digital transformation? How is that fueling um, the the uh, effectiveness of a uh, digital workflow like this. Is is um, for a uh, digital workflow to be effective, do your IT and OT teams have to really be properly married?
1: I think, Chris, this is like, let's go back to the plant manager example, right? Like, yeah. I, I love to talk in terms of personas, right? Like yeah. when, when stuff used to happen in their in their operations, they used to always have like this one guy that, that was their go-to guy. Hey, come on, fix it, right? Like, uh, hey, Achuth, or hey, Adam, like, you you know what this stuff is. Like, go fix it, right? Uh, Like, two things happen. Uh, uh, One is uh, what we discussed earlier, that, like, connectivity is kind of shifting things. But the second thing is pandemic of last year, right? Like, what it brought glaringly into the fore was you cannot just, like, rely on just... Rely uh, on on like the the next door guy or the next uh, next town guy or the next country guy, right? Because uh, like things things were basically sh- getting shut down. People could not move from one place to the other. Remote yeah. became name of the game. And and then the third thing is like this this whole hacking and cybersecurity is becoming huge. There is no way people in these local locations have the expertise anymore to manage this stuff. Sure. Right. Because so like, yeah. so in an enterprise who has better understanding of security? It is the IT security guy, right? The CISO, the Chief Information Security Officer. What they have always focused on is, how do I put security around my enterprise applications? Yes, they are, to your point, now getting involved in these OT conversations because what's going on is, the CISO is is the expert who knows what needs to be done, and they want to bring those best practices to this domain also. Yeah. And that's the IT OT convergence that we are talking about. Like how do we how do these CISOs really bring that type of a um, a, a, a best practice IT based process with understanding of OT, right? Yeah. yeah. And drive that that digital workflow process within within the OT environment.
0: And implement it across the enterprise.
1: In implemented not just at one factory, but Across 50, 100, 130, whatever number of factories across the globe, right? Yeah. When you do that, then you have standardization. Today, most of these factories are doing plant by plant one at a time, which means basically they are, they're essentially they're lo- losing the learnings of one plant from the other. There's no scale, right? It's, it's just like, it's break-fix. Uh, it, it, how do you really do this at scale? That is the most important thing.
0: Yeah. And, and that's how you're going to optimize, you know, these efficiencies, if, you know, if
1: you scale them out. Um. Optimize the efficiencies, drive better throughput,
0: right? Like, uh, think yeah. about this, right? Like,
1: OT system goes down, you're not making product anymore, right? right? That's yeah. revenue. It's a huge hit to the plant manager's bottom line. So, yes, uh, you know, people measure all these things in OEE, kind of uh, operational eff- efficiency and all yeah. these other stuff, right? But at the end of the day, this is real money. Real dollars
0: that we are talking about. Last question for you here. I always like to to, uh, forecast a little bit and see what excites people that we talk to here on the podcast. We're talking about optimizing operations in this respect. What element of this most excites you, Ashut? What what are you really excited about presently or in the coming months or coming years? What gets you going? What do you like about this?
1: So I think... I'll, I'll say two things. One is this OT space that we just talked about, right? Like so ServiceNow is taking this very seriously. We'll, we are doing some really interesting innovation, kind of what we did in IT. We are bringing that type of innovation onto the OT space. So you'll hear a lot from us on, in this about this space. Yeah, we are very very bullish about this. We're going to do some interesting innovations that we're going to talk about in the next uh, couple of months. But more importantly, where are we going with this, right? Uh, And what excites me is the following. Let's just think about the type of automation that has taken place in manufacturing over the last two, three decades. And, and, you know, World Economic Forum called it Industry 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, and now we are in the 4.0 phase or whatever you want to call it, right? Right. Industry 4.0 and all that. But all the automation that was to be done to replace humans is kind of done. Right. Let's let's like you know the the, the 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 and it had its own set of disruptions and 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 people have written books about what, what all technology did to manufacturing and all of that. But I think there is a silver lining, and I want to talk about the silver lining because I am like very optimistic about what's going to happen in manufacturing. The optimism is the following: the people in the manufacturing shop floor today are still doing a lot of the these people are not the people who do the Turning the wrenches and 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 mixing the mi- uh, mixers like chemicals and all of that—all right. that stuff is automated, right? What they are is they're really seeing if the process is working well or not, if there are anomalies or not, if there is something wrong that's going on. So these are these people are evaluating information and they are taking action based on anomalies that they see or some issues that they see. So these are actually they're factory workers, however they're knowledge workers in my mind. Right, they they are the, the quintessential blue white collar worker. Right, it's like it's huh. if there was a color like that. Right, and they need they still operate in a very analog way, right? Or in the way they they work their processes. I think that's an area where digital will really streamline their processes and and the amount of uh, digitization that will happen just to make these knowledge workers more efficient and effective. Mm-hmm. To drive that next generation of productivity is what excites me because most of these folks are uh, are going to get digital tools in their hands and 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 really repeat like the knowledge that they have in their heads, kind of put that into systems, make them systematic, and drive uh, next generation of innovation in manufacturing. Exactly. I think that's where we are headed with this. Yeah, if we remove all the buzzwords and on AR, AI, and all these other stuff, yeah. I think. If you really put the human, the user in the middle of this, I think the human and the user is going to have the most uh, significant impact in the next generation of productivity in manufacturing.
0: Yeah, well that's, I, I hear that from everybody. It's, you know, you can have all the technology and the techniques in the world, but it's the people at the, at the center of it who are implementing these, these tactics and benefiting from them. They're critical to the digital transformation.
1: Exactly. And I, love exactly. That. I
0: love that concept of the blue collar, white collar worker. I haven't heard that before, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, Ashu Jaju of Service Now, thank you for joining us on the Remaking Industry Podcast.
1: Thank you, Chris, for having yeah.
0: me. I love talking to Workflows with you. very interesting. Thank you to our audience for joining us today. And as always, we remind you to go out and make it a smart day.